You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Sexual subjects. You are listening to a broadcast of the Cuntcast Podcast, a conversation with a classically characterized cunt, carefully crafted with cognizant courage, the champion conscientious consummation. I am your host, Michelle Avery, aka Blasian Bitch, if uh, with a Y, if you want to follow me on the socials. And I am joined with my favorite human being, Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. Hello. Uh, howdy. I am here. I'm here and ready to go, ready to do work, to, to talk about the things, the various things, because we do talk about everything. I was listening back and we, we go through all the topics and I really appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. So we're eclectic here. We are. That's so. the nicest way anybody has described my ADHD brain. I think... <laughs> I think it's not broken, it's eclectic. I think it's important that you bounce around from topic to topic. We're not a news podcast. Like some po- some podcasts are journalism, like hardcore journalism. And in which case you need to stay on brand. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, this pod- CBS. Yeah, we're Thanks not me, me. Right. We're 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 not we're trying to uh we're um this is a conversation. So we are here. To for, to put people at ease a little bit, we're not here for the, we're not here for the. If hardcore journalism, then yes, we'd have to stay on brand. But yeah. we're trying to we're trying to just let people let people vibe a little bit during the end times. We, we're here making dick jokes through the end of civilization because there's not much else we could do. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to put that as a tagline though. Like if someone were to ask, like, "What's your podcast about, Mister Freeman?" Quickly, you know. It's a podcast about dick jokes at the end of civilization. Yeah. Like, uh, th- we're the part in the dystopian novel where, like, they show you, like, everybody's doing their regular hustle and bustle, but little do they know what's looming. It's like, no, they know. They know. <laughs> no. They're still doing their dick jokes, though. Because what the heck else can you do? Ow. Nice so how what what have what have you been up to since our last very productive conversation? I mean, it would be totally it would be a total aside of being inundated by games I didn't know existed three weeks ago. Ah, okay. um, the only game I wanted um, this fall, you know, this is the time of year when all the games come out. The only game I wanted um, offhand was Tales of Arise. I pre-ordered that moons ago. And then uh, my Xbox husband, with his love of guns and war, will get Battlefield, which is another intriguing game. Other than that, Sorry. there's nothing I particularly want. And But then they announced about two weeks ago that Alan Wake is getting a remaster. 
And then they suddenly announced yesterday at the Nintendo Direct that there's a Castlevania Advance collection with those three sequels to Symphony of a Ninth that never came out anywhere but on uh, Nintendo portable consoles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've just been, I've just, I've, I've just been playing things, and then, um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Cruising USA, those all arcade games. Uh, I am. I was more of a Daytona person but i i have played uh a lot of cruising usa in the arcade uh that was in the roller rink of my childhood really which is now a sears of course Um, i mean we can get into um how much enjoyable recreation has been lost to businesses like one of the saddest things about new york um, before i left was that arcades were not sustainable financially pretty much anywhere um first it was like in manhattan because manhattan had a lot of arcades when i was growing up and then eventually like where are people getting fingered in eighth grade now if there are no arcades (laughs) left where Uh, do you go youngsters well i mean embarrassingly explore um uh train stations but that was where i lived in new york because um, I, I used to think theaters, but now, you know, they put all the bells and whistles in theaters. What, what? The seats are majiggering around. <laughs> no, that's just your theater. You can still go to a classic theater with just regular seats if you want. It's just nobody wants to go to them anymore. People... I went to the theater for the first time since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it was horrifying. <laughs> Just the worst. Um, not just because, uh, you know, uh, I went with my dad, uh, who is a cancer survivor, and then me, uh, two years post-coma, with very little lung capacity left. So we're, we're like prime COVID-would-kill-us candidates. Really, really white-knuckling that trip to the movie. <laughs> white-knuckling. Yeah. So, like, we're not comfortable. <laughs> matter what we're doing like we're both smiling like yeah we're at the movies yeah but i know in both of our heads we're like oh is this how we're gonna die really for this movie god damn <laughs> but, like because we're wiping everything down we bought snacks we both don't want to like open them because we want to take a mask off there's some bitch behind us coughing she didn't even have a mask on because i live in north carolina oh yeah shit. And uh, they didn't. They didn't space y'all. They didn't space y'all folks out. Well, here's the thing. It was assigned seating, so you could space yourself out. So this dipshit decided, let me sit right behind somebody. Bro, uh, when I got the tickets, we were the only people in the theater. So I I put a smack dab in like the perfect center of the screen. So we had great seats, and uh, I got the 4DX experience. Uh, so the theater was empty because it's terrible. Uh, but apparently other people also had my same idea uh, to be tortured through a movie just so you don't have to sit next to other people. Uh, and then, like, in every other row, there was at least three empty rows between people. But this one old white couple decided, nope, we need to be near people. So let's sit directly behind this these two people that's interesting they have to pick those seats right that's interesting because um uh in the alamo 
here in Austin, um, when you get a seat, it blocks out a bunch of seats around you. So, like, your seat has a blast radius. So, once yeah. you get the seat, there's a block of seats all around you that are no longer available. As they should. Good on them. Right. Good on them. And then you have to sit there. And if you're not sitting there, they jam you up real hard. Like, they're real friendly. But you got to go where they, you got to go where you bought your ticket. You know what I mean? You got to go there. There are no, like, ushers, really. So... <laughs> There is nobody to enforce the seating rule, but like I am hardcore, I will enforce that seating rule because like it's it's kind of a like I feel like when I have an assigned seat, uh, it's like Dynasty's Warrior. I have like the writ of God. <laughs> <laughs> like you cannot argue against these printed numbers on my ticket. It gives me full authority to eject you from your chosen seat if you didn't actually choose it the way I did. I am definitely, I will carry it the fuck up when it comes to assigned seating. De- like, don't try me. It's real, though. Yeah. It's assigned seating. It's real. Sit in your fucking seat. Sit in the it's seat. It's real. I'm like, I, I chose a seat for a reason. You're going to get your ass out of it. But luckily for me, there was no, uh, I didn't have to get antsy because we got there super early because uh, I, I never know how uh, roads work. Um, I'm used to, like, I could, like, gauge in Jersey or New York or, depending on the borough, like, how long it actually takes to get somewhere. Because miles don't matter. Like, it's how the layout is. Do not understand how North Carolina works. Because something will be, like, six miles away and it takes, like, half an hour to get there. And then something else is six miles away and you're there in, like, two minutes. It, It makes no sense. So we got there super early. Uh, we got some treats. Uh, and then we were like, oh, we, we don't want to take off our mask. And I got a frozen treat. So I ended up just drinking it once the movie was done because I didn't open it during the movie. Uh, my dad got some Reason X. We're very fun people. Uh, but the 40X experience. I went to only one other 4DX movie, and this was years and years ago. I saw Age of Ultron in 4DX, and it was like the big cushy leather seats. So it was like a recliner. It it just like rumbled a little bit. Right. Uh, I, I did have a seizure every time the movie went from 2D to 3D. So I'm very glad it was just all 3D. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't, uh, you know, break my brain. Uh, but now 40X, it's, uh, I don't know if you ever went to Six Flags and they have those roller coasters where it's just a room and a big screen and the seat just does gymnastics. Yes. That's what the 40X is now. <laughs> like by the end of the movie, like my tit was half out of my bra. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I had motion sickness. I thought I was going to die. My spine was an accordion. I kind of wish I had seatbelts. That is how violent I was. I felt like an innocent child who was just a little too cranky. And my parents, unfortunately, hired a Russian nanny in the 90s. Just shaken. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. The horrible, and uh, <laughs> not just shaking. Um, it sprays water at you. Um, there's smoke that comes up what in the, the theater. Fuck? 
uh, to make you just feel like maybe there's a fire. Uh, and they have flashing lights in your peripheral, you know. <laughs> so you definitely have a seizure. Though I didn't have one, shockingly enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know what sick, mad scientist that hates joy in filmmaking designed this monstrosity. Uh, but that is how I experienced movies. Um for the for the first time since the pandemic started um and i gotta say as uh as much as i was just terrified the entire time i kind of liked the movie even though it starred two people whose faces vexed my spirit which i have to say probably means it's a pretty good movie mm-hmm. i was amazed that you thought it'd be pretty good um once i heard that then then uh yeah yeah, your 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 issues with Simu Lu and uh, Aquafina. What's her name? Nora. Nora no- Lum. Nora. What's her name? Nora Lum. Nora Lum. Okay, I'm gonna start calling her Nora. I can't with this. Like, I didn't like that name. I don't like that name. Because she's just making fun of black people. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, I, I'm not going to get in that discussion, but um, yeah, that's that's Nora Lum. There we go. It is done. And um so uh but of course I also would let Tony Leung and Michelle Yeoh spit in my mouth, so <laughs> they are also in the movie. I mean they did Al they did offshoot it. They did offset it with some of our favorite Asian actors, my favorite just for the last like literally twenty five years of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> like raised us. Some of those actors have raised us, so yes, it's it's I'm here for that. Uh, so I, uh, my my dad loves a good kung fu action karate martial arts film, and they don't make an, enough of them. So I figured I would take him. So we had uh, a daddy daughter day, which is kind of weird because I'm almost forty, but we we made a day of it. Uh, though I found uh, I am turning into my father because we were like, oh, should we go have popcorn? I was like, we have popcorn at home, which is like just the the daddiest thing you could say uh well not the daddiest but uh, the the cranky boomerist thing (laughs) exactly how it felt um but anyway to bring that home uh it would be impossible to try to um finger somebody in one of those seats they have like barriers up so you can't get any under the tush action and also you would break your finger or their cooter trying to finger them with the violence that's happening to those <laughs> those seats. The Fortnite experience should be banned, is what I'm saying. Just around and flip somebody no. over the back of the seat by their vagina. <laughs> by mistake. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it's not like it rumbles. It doesn't like. There's no foreplay. <laughs> Like if stuff starts going down on screen, you're you're just flying around in your seat. It is so unpleasant. So. Noted. Good movie, bad experience. And uh don't stack up with people in the theater. Even though anyone listening knows better. It's not all white folks. They don't know any better. But anybody else. Well the thing is like you can't control other people. So like if you release your 
your movie theater only, I'm just not going to see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> the only in theaters is like, it, I always respond by internal booing every time I see only in theaters. Yeah. Like, it would have to be something like so special <laughs> that, and, and not even Dune. I was like, I got a pretty okay TV at home. I'm going to turn off the lights. It's just, I'll be fine. I can enjoy Dune. So, I don't, I don't need an IMAX experience. There, all the just theater movies that I was planning to see, either they have uh, somebody super problematic in them, so I won't be seeing them anymore, or I just don't think it's going to be worth going to see um, here. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. So, like, Dear Evan Hansen, I'm watching the bootleg on YouTube, uh, which is going to be better because all the songs are in it. Are we gonna? Are we gonna have to watch Dear Evan Hansen. I you turned me. I saw the trailer and didn't quite understand what was happening, and then you referred me to the trailer again with all the context of someone who enjoyed the musical. And now I need to see it, and we will have to talk yeah. about it on the show. Dear Evan Hansen is is my Panic at the Disco of of musical <laughs> theater. Because, because I know I shouldn't like it when I do so bad. It is the most miserable musical. And it knows. And I love it. It is so nihilistic. It is. Oh, it, it's, it's like if you took a feels bad meme, but like gave it a really juicy pop ballad soundtrack. It is the most 2015 musical ever to musical. And uh, I'm not going to say, a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's about like being seen and it's a celebration of the human spirit. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you got that reading, you did not get the point of that musical. Uh, it is a cynical reading of our culture and how easy it is to manipulate people. Uh, it is about clout chasing. Um, do you want to give people a synopsis? or You know, or you just... I'm just going to say that um, Dear Evan Hansen is not a musical about a shy gay boy being bullied, which is apparently what most people think it's about. Oh. No, not even close. Um, it's uh, it's about an awful human being uh, using his mental illness uh, to abuse and manipulate those around him. It's huh. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it could easily be a horror movie, uh, like a good psychological horror movie. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Every fucking love it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Dear Evan Hansen. There you go, folks. Um, go check it out because it delicious trash. It's just exquisite trash, which is what yeah. you need here. Warm and juicy. Yeah. Uh which I can enjoy fictional clout chasing, rabid fandom, real life 
clout chasing random fandom scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have Have you been watching uh, Nicki Minaj torpedo her career over her rapist husband? I thought she did that over her rapist brother years ago. You would think, or it could be uh, defending and hanging out with Drake, who is best friends with a 13-year-old girl who was dating a 16-year-old model, or making a sexually suggestive music video with a guy who is also a domestic abusing sexual predator. There seems to be a uh, pattern with uh, Onika and sex pests and um apparently you weren't allowed to talk about it because she had an like a virtual army well i mean those are those are now her fans forever and i guess she just has to cater to the people that will pay her and there are enough people that will pay her rent that she just has to keep doing her <laughs> i i just I wish I could understand what makes a person say, this individual raps so good, I will try to send death threats to a rape victim. Because I have never heard bars so elite, I would do some crime for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> I'm just confused about the subset of barbs that are Trinidadian who are just spreading what they know are falsehoods about their own country. Really? Uh, to support the lies of Nicki Minaj. Like what? Really? Yeah. Like saying, oh, well, Trinidad doesn't have access to Instagram, so you can't be mad if she says something stupid on Instagram and Twitter because Trinidadians don't have access. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah, they fucking do. Just that, shut up. That doesn't or right. saying that uh, there's all kinds of vaccine mandates, so the job market is bleak. And it's like, um, other than like healthcare workers, no, there there aren't vaccine mandates. Um, also weird to me that like people are like, hey, she wasn't spreading like vaccine hesitancy she's just asking questions <laughs> but the question was i'm gonna hesitate to get the vaccine because i don't know what's in it which is the definition of vaccine hesitancy <laughs> yeah um there's nothing uh quite like watching one of the countries that you're from trend because somebody just said the dumbest shit um, that's easily disprovable, uh, just sounds like a blatant lie. Uh, 
and seeing other people kind of assume that oh i guess it's kind of true because what do they got in trinidad like dirt and huts i don't know which you'd be surprised at how many people think that's how we live we have houses just like everybody else it's fine but what makes me like itch uh is when i wonder did, did, did these people flock to being a bar because they were just so in love with Nicki Minaj or is it feeling uh, like being a part of something which is why they do it because it makes them feel like kind of powerful kind of like um, early anonymous or um, late stage beehive they all seem to be people that uh, feel great being in a a powerful collective, but they don't use that power uh, for any good. It's kind of like the uh, the K-pop stand that will bully people into suicide. I think Nicki Minaj has been a heel the whole time. So I can only applaud her consistency. I mean, she's been pretty toxic. I mean, we saw how she treated the presence of literally any other female rapper, any of them, any, 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 any. And it's just been kind of escalating as her platform is getting wider and the stakes get higher. Yeah. And like, I have like, I wouldn't say supported Nicki Minaj, but like when messed up things happen to her, I kind of put it aside to say oh but it was still wrong um and i kind of wish that goodwill was reciprocated in any way shape or form with how she treated other people because uh, it just seems uh like maybe she gets off on it having her own private army i mean she has all the tools to octuple down on whatever the fuck she's thinking at any given moment for any reason at all. So, yeah. I, I mean, she is empowered to do this. She has been, for the most part, unchecked for a long time. Not without critique, but her fans are her fans. And her she fans had, are a bit unhinged of some, not all of them. Right. But they are legion and they are paying. So there is absolutely no reason to um, not cater to them as they yeah. will let you say what you want and pay your bills. And uh, I mean, personally, I was annoyed by Nikki's ball tweet because, like, I have family that is still in Trinidad and Tobago and, like, my cousin who had a young son got COVID and she died. So Nikki could say some dumb shit about what her cousin's friend's brother's uncle did in Trinidad. But like there are actual Trinidadians who are no longer here. You get to live in your mansion and hug your kid that you had with a rapist. My cousin will never get to hug her son. Yeah. Ever. He's not going to have a mom because of COVID. Because fucking morons like Nicki Minaj who just, 
and not even I don't even think honestly that Nicki Minaj uh gives a shit about COVID because uh, she's going to go on tour, so she's probably gonna go get vaccinated. She's even said so much. So it was really just I need to distract from the fact that I'm not doing a lot of these high profile performances that people were expecting me to and to not draw attention to the civil court case that her husband's victim has against her and her husband and the fact that her husband is facing 10 years in jail for failing to register as a sex offender, which he is. Hmm. So, so she basically used uh, uh, words that will make people less likely to get life-saving vaccines to, to just as a little deflection of her personal problems that she very much could have easily avoided by not marrying a rapist. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's so annoying trying to voice your frustration because you're going to have her like sycophants yelling at you. I had somebody go, oh, but like you're trying to look like Nicki Minaj because like my Twitter profile picture, I have like uh, a long weave with bangs and apparently just think my face, I'm trying to look like Nicki Minaj. Like, no, this is my fucking face. This is what I look like. We just happen to have kind of a similar ethnic makeup. So, Nikki doesn't have a uh, a monopoly on what Trinidadian people fucking look like, but apparently that that's that's only for the barbs. Uh, I can't like hot pink, even though it's very common. Uh, that's also clearly just for the barbs. You can't um, be Blasian. And not like Nicki Minaj, because apparently she has claimed that for the barbs, the ethnic makeup. Yep. Off her. Uh, It's scary and counterproductive. And I'm seeing more and more uh, Western uh, celebrities trying to get their own little armies of fans. And I thought, like, uh, I I see a lot of uh, news outlets admonish the K-pop and Asian super fans of certain celebrities and pop stars. But that same smoke is not reserved when it's a Western act even though I would argue there's no difference between the two. If, if you're going to be um, sending threats to somebody because the person who sings real good or raps real good, in your opinion, like doesn't like that person, that's unhinged. And no matter where in the world that happens, it's equally bad. Though I think it was so weird to see that type of fandom 
become racialized as Asian mob band bad, but like, oh, the beehive, super cute. Like, is that is that just me? Am I just sensitive? Um, I mean, honestly. I think it is all problematic like you do. Um, There is something to be said for where your armies are wielded and what you're doing with them. Because you're going to, because if you, if you carry, if you help people emotionally, if you carry, if you can carry people emotionally from one point to the other, then you're going to have loyal fans for that reason. Um, What you do with it, until they turn on you for knocking up Olivia Munn. <laughs> well, that's that's the deal. John Mulaney, when you when your audience is he is a white male comedian with a white lady audience, that wasn't gonna work out. That it, it, it he was going to do something today, tomorrow, yesterday, decade from now. That was a that's a volatile pairing of um celebrity and fandom. <laughs> so that's I, I he could have done anything as long as he if he had left his wife at all if he had knocked up anyone like it would have been a thing one way or the other so that i'm not trying to let Mulaney off the hook but i'm just saying that's he didn't really do anything uh, <laughs> he just I mean, was a man living his life i mean i'm not I, listen i don't see i don't i don't get it but it was a volatile pairing so yes um, I don't know if Nicki Minaj's audience will turn on her. Uh, I don't think they will at this point. I don't think they... I feel like that's the thing. It's like... That's why I'm saying it's like she has the right audience for the right artist. We have the right, audi- the right audience for the right artist, for artist right now. Um, like, I think I, everyone I who... I think that? of what she could possibly do. Uh, if, if they're down for um, threatening... Uh, survivor of rape what won't they support like it's evil <laughs> we're just like yes queen be despicable yes <laughs> um it like i said the appeal that donald trump has in allowing you to embrace your worst impulses while he doesn't he he doesn't speak to black folks at least not most black folks the vast majority of black folks he doesn't speak to there is still a place for the toxic black person to speak to toxic black people. And, um, yeah, all, I, I, I'll say this. All humans want to be let off the hook. In, let us say all. It seems as though a vast majority of humans want to be let off the hook of critical thinking. Uh, something about it, it's too stressful. They don't want to be wrong. They're very tired. Lots of moving parts. Totally understand. But it seems as though a lot of humans want to be let off the hook of critical thinking. And if you're a celebrity that can find the right combination of popularity and audience and toxicity, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're good. It's good. We're fine. It's great. I just... Phenomenal. I feel like we're losing uh, ever so slowly critical thinking skills. Oh, they're, um, they're shot, yes. And also, uh, people, uh, it, it, it's a it's a 
seen as a moral failing to like something flawed instead of just how life is. So if you're part of the beehive and somebody says, oh, Beyonce makes great music, but I really can't get behind her brand of black capitalism because I'm an anti-capitalist. Suddenly all her fans hear is, you hate Beyonce and you're a bad person because I like Beyonce and I'm a good person. And that's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, great for, for marketing and getting um, people to buy things. So horrible for society <laughs> that is based on free thinking. Um, um, where it's not even like I think people should kill their darlings, but like be able to critique them. I think that's fair. That's a fair ask. It, like, uh, you know, you would think the first collaboration with a rapist, people would have go, "Hey, maybe I should," you know, un my sale from the SS Minaj because she's doing some shady shit. I think the uh, the idea of understanding what goes into what we consume is still relatively new. Like there's like an organic development, and I think we're in the irrational um, teenage phase of understanding. Well, not really, because like Marsha McLuhan was talking about this, <laughs> like the twenties. I'm talking about socially, like, massively acceptable. I'm certain that there are people who gave these things. Like, there's a difference between critical thought and just straight-up idol culture, if that makes sense. That's like, yeah, accepting the fact that, like, you hear that, like, a cigarette company will tell you that smoking cigarettes is good for you, for example. Um, that's bad. But someone noticing that that is a trend... And accepting that that is a trend is still, it was like a thought exercise for um, educated people, um, thoughtful people. Now in culture, it's understood that bullshit is happening around you and you are being manipulated to the point where we don't even know where we're being manipulated from. And we're just like, the vaccine is a government plot. You know what I mean? Like it's culture now for better or worse. It's culture, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of, I try not to be like down on people, except for when they're doing like just obvious, like just inexcusable acts of cruelty on behalf of their fandoms. But you see it in, uh, even when it's not attached to a celebrity, you have like the pro shipper, anti shipper war. I don't know if, uh, like the fandom wars, right. uh, if, if you ever heard of them, where people are basically like, if you like X, Y, and Z, you are clearly a pedophile and I have to hate you because it is morally right. Like, uh, instead of seeing any type of complexity, it boils down to its most like sensational and or like enraging thing for whatever is like the opposite side. So people want to feel like they have the moral authority to hate and unleash all of their, I mean, uh, you know. I think that is the, that is like the new, like I said, the new artillery in fandom wars is as opposed to something being good or being bad or, you know, something being um, 
of someone being a man or a woman or someone being black or being white. It's just now there is the moral failing that you as a person are terrible because of this thing that you like. And uh, that is, like I said, there's like a naturally developing organic conversations that we're sort of trying to process. And uh, it's part of the growth process and it, it has, it's really ugly. Like anything growing, it's just got really, it's got some really ugly corners. Yeah. I miss when you could just, just not fuck with something. And that was fine. Like you didn't have to have a dissertation on why you think it's okay for you not to like the thing. Um, like maybe you just don't like it. <laughs> it's okay I, to not like the thing. Uh, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it's a good thing because we don't know enough about why we like anything. As like people, humans don't know enough about why they like a thing that they like anyway. So I mean, would I prefer us um, engaging politically, reading science, and um, learning about ourselves? engaging in healing practices yes do i feel like it's wasted on Nicki minaj and her rapist husband absolutely but <laughs> sometimes your kid is not the sharpest knife in the drawer and if they're drawn on the wall then they're drawn and <laughs> it's just it's just broken if i raise something it grew inside of me and like 24 years later it turned out to be a barb <laughs> yeah you you i, I hear you um it sucks but this is humans grow ugly like that that's the thing like we like as something that rips open our parents that rips open our who are those who give birth to us and in a lot of cases try we try our damnedest to kill them (laughs) and it we kind of set the tone humans grow in a really ugly and grotesque fashion um the way we learn is generally um unwieldy and grotesque <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. It, it it our conversations civil discourse it's all just very ugly like we we are not going to get to critical thinking without some um mob rule if that makes so we're just not gonna get there without some terrible mob behavior from those who should know better about things that don't actually matter, but are still exercises in critical thinking. And I kind of hate it. And that is why I'm ready to retire at 38. I'm 38, yes. And I'm ready to retire for that reason. (laughs) That reason, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very much done with fandom when like it became who you are instead of something you like like i'm a gamer it's like no you're just a person who plays video games like can you imagine like i'm a tv watcher like that's just who i am i have very deep thoughts about how i met your mother and if you don't like how i met your mother i'm going to send you rape threats like that's how dumb gamergate was like the fact it, and it made me like feel disgusted to have ever worked in corporate marketing because it's our fault. Like corporate marketing definitely, uh, I feel 
they were like, hey, what can we learn from cults and religious zealotry so we could make somebody that extra dollar? Uh, it's a little bit evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite ashamed to have participated in it. Though I guess it's not so bad because I was doing like engineering and stuff. Of course, most of the projects that I worked on did not really work, seeing how New York City just flooded post-Sandy. So, yes, maybe it was a different type of evil. But, you know, mundane evils, just, you know, life. But uh, it's so weird to see how uh, some marketer decided it would make somebody more money to put the video games in the boy aisle rather than a gender neutral aisle or the girls aisle and like that little seed tumble 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 now you have men's rights activist gamer gate and the alt-right it it's i want to say who could have known but then like when you draw the dots i'm like yeah yeah Somebody should have saw that coming. I think, uh, well, I say this all the time on this show, is that humans don't do time well, and we do not plan for longer than our own prime. Like, we don't, like, if humans planned from the beginning of their end of their existence, like, if humans made plans over 75-year spans, it would be fine. Humans plan for the end of however long their prime can possibly exist. And because, actually it's funny, because so many of us are kind of, we're all caught in the gig economy tornado, our actual futures are getting shorter. Like, you get a job and you know you will not be there for longer than three years. You know what I mean? You get a job and you're immediately looking for a job and you immediately are always, you're always moving and shaking. So our, what we understand are, gets shorter and shorter. And I see it. And it's it's kind of why the, you, you, you think that somebody would be able to guess that in a decade, um, gendering video games would spiral out of control as gendering, well, anything gendered at this point has spiraled out of control. Gendering things male specifically have spiraled out of control. Um, but again, humans seem to be really bad with time. Um, I think the best humans can think about 15, 20 years ahead, but guessing what's going to happen um, after about 20 years, I, there's a very small percentage of us that are good at that. Yeah. I mean, I notice just being the old bitch that I am, uh, like when I think of things and I was like, oh, that was not that long ago. And then I like go, oh no. That was like 20 years ago. Right. Because um, I was trying to explain uh, my space to somebody who, uh, you know, wasn't really old enough to ever been on it. Right. Uh, they're like 20 something, like 21 or 22. And I was like, you were on MySpace? Like, you should. And I was like, oh, yeah, they were, they were all like five. So, yeah, they wouldn't have been on it. But it feels like it was like two, <laughs> like maybe nine years ago tops. Uh, I just think it, it just to make hu- just being a human workable, we just can't fathom how time really works. Yeah. <laughs> it would just make us infinitely sad. 
Um, we do not handle our mortality well to such a degree that I think our, un- our understanding bends around our refusal to accept the fact that we are not here for long. And uh, our reactions reflect it, and we um, go forward under the assumption that we're just not, we're just gonna have to. We 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 don't have long, but we do not want to acknowledge that it's not a thing that we talk about. Yeah, because um, I I could clearly remember when I was like uh, seventh or eighth grader, and like like everybody was crazy about like the eighties, yeah. and or like the 70s 80s and my mom was like yeah everything that i liked is cool and i was like oh god you were so lame and embarrassing now um with the roaring 20s and the emo revival i'm like oh my god i was completely right everything i liked was in fact cool but it's just <laughs> me being an old fuddy-duddy <laughs> and the the real life that realizing that uh just hit me like somebody had punched me in my stomach because I was like, oh no, I am now the old. I think I think the um the only problem with that is if you think um the culture around us has no value. Because that's what makes our parents so specially irritating is that they go, What I like is cool, but the rest of the sentence is what you like has no value at all. And that becomes a problem right there. When you're like, oh, but what you like has no value. That's real bad. But just thinking what you like is cool. Yeah. Though, what I do find very funny is it's so, when I think about like emo, pop punk, and that kind of alternate rock, it is so specific to like the years that it was hot. But then when I think about other genres I grew up with, they feel timeless to me. Like I still listen to like soca and calypso and reggae and dub like all that kind of stuff all just it never feels old to me but and i think that's because i grew up in a household where my parents also listened to that music even though i might have listened to newer artists doing their own version of it like it was still that type of music so it wasn't so much i didn't get as many um messages of this music has no value right but with the you know the emo stuff my parents are definitely like what is this garbage right this has no value (laughs) yeah and it's like that is the that is the um so it, it has become dated with my uh youthful rebellion and angst even though i was in college i was a freshman in college in 2005 so I wasn't that youthful during emo, but yeah, you were. You're a baby. Eighteen year olds are babies. What? I took several gap years because I was stripping. Remember, so oh. I was a little older. In college. How old I want to say I was twenty. Oh, that's still a baby. No, it's not. That's not. That's nowhere near an adult. <laughs> that is that you can you can you can do the things for the government that the government needs you to do, but you're nowhere near an adult. <laughs> not even close like the functional adult with the tools to understand how to properly govern yourself in not only a world but a changing world you're 20 no chance it's a baby yeah. i thought i was very grown every everyone hey, listen man listen 20 year olds cooking 20 year olds if you ask if you took us if you gave 20 year olds a survey they are all cooking boy they got it that's what makes them so that's what makes them babies babies also think they got it you ask a three-year-old he's like it's all good i'm gonna have my cake for breakfast 
I'm going <laughs> to have my, I figured it out, y'all. Listen, as a three-year-old, if it could, if it could have a PowerPoint presentation, it would have a PowerPoint presentation of the glories of cake for breakfast and think that shit is fine and get rave reviews from other three-year-olds. <laughs> it would be like, my God, that was informative. That was transformative. My life, I'm going to show this to my mother and I think things might change. Thank you for your bravery, three-year-olds would write on fucking Yelp under YouTube comments. <laughs> Everybody thinks they've got it. And until you realize you don't, you're baby. <laughs> Sorry. Once you realize you ain't got it, you're good. You're on the path. You see it. Yeah, I think that's why, like, 20s is, like, the time everybody should have kids. Because that's when you're bold enough to think that, like, you have a handle on things you don't because yeah. i think by the time like i feel in in my mid 30s like i can't be responsible for life i can barely keep my shit together don't give me a fucking baby like what uh but i think if i was like 10 years younger i'd be like ah of course i'm gonna be the world's best parent because i know everything in fact now let me tell you all of my political opinions. Yeah, like that, I feel like that's like an age where it's so easy to, it's like the, the good cult age too. And I think that's why that's, like everybody says uh, these fandom people are all teenagers, but they're not, they're way older than that because no. they have disposable income. So they're working, like they're usually in like the 20s. Yeah. Sometimes early thirties. Right. The the critical thinking discussion it happens and people respond to it differently at all ages. So it's like they're not they're not all teenagers, no. They are being forced to critically think about a thing they like, and that is that's where a lot of stuff goes down. <laughs> so we'll just say a lot of shit goes down, down when you have to do that. Wrong. Yeah, so yeah. I just I just want to go back to 2007 where somebody would send you a DM on MySpace and then you'd fuck them and life is simple. Um the orgasms were plentiful and the repercussions were few. <laughs> Why can't we go back to that? I'm not going to lie to you. If we could sort out if we could sort out this um, pandemic thing and maybe do something about this capitalism thing, yeah. we would have, um, we would be living in better times. Like, we're almost there. Like Capitalism does make my pussy dry. Right. We're almost, almost in a spot where we're better than we've been. Um... I always think about the safety that certain people are allowed to feel that they would never have been able to feel at any other time. But now, like, imagine if you just have, in a lot of cases, absolutely no outlet whatsoever, nowhere to go, no one on the internet, no one on TV, even if there's a fuss. Imagine how many, I always think about the people who 10, 12 years ago were completely isolated by who they are as a hundred percent isolated. And are still many people like that, but there are places and there are places to go that exist now that never existed. And so many other people are 
get to feel some type of joy that they would have had no access to. And now, granted, there are people actively trying to remove the option for their joy. Like there are lots of forces at play that would prefer that person to feel nothing, nothing but misery until they die. Yeah. But we're almost there. Like I think about those people often. It's one of the reasons why I never, I never want to go backwards in time because there are people that get to live now, even if they get to struggle, they get to kind of, they get to kind of get some lateral freedom. And it's, you know, we're all, we can, we could do this. We're almost, we're, we could, we can do this. We can, we will be old, but we can do this. We will be 70 oh years old, God. but we can we do this. Our nursing homes, if they exist and they we just aren't, you no. know, made into pace to feed the masses, um, they're going to be jumping. Oh, yeah. First of all, music going to be amazing. Um, there's, Hopefully, uh, post-COVID vaccine, they're going to uh, find so many medical breakthroughs so you could like, bump uglies and not care about AIDS or other STIs. Um, it, it's going to be great. And I'm pretty sure everybody's going to have some type of bionic genital because that seems to be what we invest in. <laughs> We're just gonna have like high octane, super. Not, I, I think we're gonna be past penises and vaginas. We're gonna have something completely new. It's just gonna be orgasmatrons 2.0. You can connect wirelessly. It's gonna be great. The title of this episode is "Behold the Orgasmatron." <laughs> For the record, that's where we're at. So. Yeah, so that's the future I'm fighting for. Totally automated luxury coming. I have a um, very simple question, though. Very important question. Very simple one. Is it orgasmotron or orgasmotron? Uh, I was thinking orgasmotron. Like matron. Okay, cool. Orgasmatron. Yeah. Okay, cool. Noted. Okay, please continue. Because <laughs> uh, I, I feel like uh, there... We're either going to veer off into, like, transcendence of our shackles, and it's going to be great, or uh, another dark age where, like, we're, humanity's going to forget half the shit that they knew um, and have to start off from the rubble again, like, when they burned the Library of Alexandria. Uh, well, that's the, beauty, and, that's the beauty of the internet. We have... The net, like we were already, we were already there. By the way, without the internet, lots of people would have been killed in just utter silence forever. Information would have been lost forever. The internet, like that's one of the reasons why I don't agree with like the social media causes the cause society's problems. People, because without the net, we would already be in the dark ages. There was already, we've already had four years that if we did not have the internet. So many people would no longer exist. They would not be dead or alive. They would be gone. Information would have been removed from the internet. Without the internet itself locking arms across several, several theaters of war, of online war, to at least preserve what is, preserve kind of just the core of several things and to keep things alive and to draw attention to it and to prevent certain things from being overrun by problematic, dangerous people. So 
I mean, we still could get there, but we're yeah. in it. I mean, there's we get one real bad solar flare and we don't have internet. Right. Then, you know, the solar flare and the um, three to six months without internet, then we are, then we are in trouble. I'm not going to lie to you, we are in trouble. Um, like, uh, you, you get the, like a, a real pissed off orca, like, we can't let the, the, the smart fish figure out that our internet is just a bunch of wires on the ocean floor. They could fuck that shit right up. One one ornery octopus too many. I mean, if uh, again, that's a new problem. Like, I always say, I want I I want new problems. Like, if we are upended by the oceanic revolt, the great oceanic revolt of twenty twenty five, when all the ocean's life comes to life, and and what we assumed would come from the robots comes from the bottom of the ocean and assumes control of the land. The uh, Asian mermaids have just had enough. Right. Yes. I'm fine with that. I don't want to die to racism. Like, I don't want to die to the shit that my grandma feared for her life. Like, I don't want these problems to subsist and take my life for multiple generations, four, five, six generations of Freemans worrying about racism, losing their life to racism. I don't want that. However, the Oceanic Revolt? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fine. Fine. I want my death to set a historic precedent. fucking precedent, yes. If I'm sitting there on the beach and I get gobbled up by a gigantic octopus and the first thrust starts in the fucking Gulf of Mexico, yes! Fucking right! Yes! Do it! Release the fucking Kraken! Yes! Namor, Aquaman, I don't care. I don't care, King Shark, I don't care. I'm fine with that. My goal in life is to not be murdered by the thing that would have killed my great grandmother. Yeah. But so you know, if that uprising happened, like there's gonna be a subset of humans who are like, finally, I get to fuck a really intelligent fish. Listen, you put your dick and in I it. You listen, love that. It, right. It, listen, <laughs> listen. If you feel like you got the juice, then live your best life. Again, these are new problems. I just want us. I just. I just need the new problems. If people are getting lured in by the siren song of the mermaid and she gives you a few good strokes with a hand job and then rips the top of your body off, great. You did you did it. You fucking did it. You died <laughs> to a new problem. You did it. I'd be proud of that person. I'd be like, you know, that person died a Viking death. Three strokes and then his <laughs> got the top half of his body ripped off. All right. I'd give him a fucking solemn salute from the beach. Never forget. Never forget Norm. <laughs> he, he risked it all. He died doing what he, he loved. Died doing what he he loved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Please. The ocean. If the denizens of the ocean can hear us, please do your thing. You, you had it coming. But commence the attack. It's fine. Please do not let me get killed by a crazed racist in a Popeye's parking lot. Please. Please. So I would have to say, I'd be so I would love to like be a fly on the wall when the fish people take over and you're like at a vegan restaurant and you're like, but why me? I didn't eat you. (laughs) And they're just like overcome. They're like, but I also eat the kelp. I thought this would have no. 
I was on your side. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah. She's like, as much as I agree with you philosophically, just have Tom and James, they crush. <laughs> I think you ever seen, it's like, it's like the show went off the rails, but like landed in the parking lot of a Denny, so we should just get something to eat. <laughs> like like, fuck it you know like we did the thing it happened we didn't die i feel like it's the end of an avengers movie where they're eating um whatever cuisine they find the funniest at that time (laughs) i mean if i did i mean i'd be if i had to i would have my i would have my avengers getting popeye's chicken sandwiches and then have one of them vehemently dis- disagree that they're good and then go and get a chicken sandwich from somewhere else and leave the frame and that would be it. Like one of them would go in to get a chicken sandwich from somewhere else that still has chicken sandwiches because those chicken sandwiches, the Popeye chicken sandwiches are all hype. I would love if there's an Avenger end scene or them fighting over which, who has the best chicken because uh, I feel like that internationally is going to be such a heated debate. Yes. Because do you know in Korea, they have like seven Popeye's chicken sandwiches? Like, we only have two. Regular and spicy. They have seven flavors of that bitch. And apparently they're all delicious. And you you just don't get them here. Which I feel uh, robbed and wrong. (laughs) Like, KFC, like, that is not our shit. Like, how did I grow up in a country where I had to hide eating fried chicken uh so long and i don't get all the flavors of fried chicken <laughs> at the like and i can't see popeyes but yeah they have the popeyes in south korea seven flavors why why don't we have a sweet chili fried chicken sandwich that sounds amazing they have one that's like chili lime crema that's like Mexican food. <laughs> Why don't we have... Um, now I'm getting angry. All over and I don't even eat chicken anymore. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Whatever, they, they, whatever they're doing is... Um, I, we need more chicken sandwich variety as a culture. And um, out of all the messages this program has for you, and let us understand that's our platform. Is America requires more chicken sandwich variety. Not just At not the just very vendor. least. If it, you're an American company, you give us those flavors first. <laughs> America needs to be great again, but we do need chicken first. America first. Then chicken. Have we have we explored enough this episode? I feel like Which, we I feel like we I feel like we um like I said, we went through a very we went through the academic, the historical, the topical, and again we wound up in the Denny's parking lot. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, you know, we established uh the Buck Nicki Minaj, uh the Barbs, all of them. Uh, uh, we we talked about how 4DX um, is killing the theater sex experience <laughs> with its perils and dangers. Uh, and, and then we got to talk about uh, uh, 
Marsha McLuhan and uh, media messaging theory. So yeah. I feel I feel like we came, we saw, we demanded chicken from our our fish overlords. I mean, that'd be I mean that'd be fine. Like, listen, I'm I'm always I've always quietly respected ocean as space on Earth. Anyway, it's just like outer space on Earth. Anyway, so whatever they need me to do, I'm down. Like. I wasn't out here throwing stuff in the water. I didn't know it was at the bottom. So whatever's at the bottom comes out and is mad. Even if I perish, unfortunately, um, on, on the first the first massive destructive steps of the Kraken in 2023, um, I at least know that I had a feeling somebody was looking at all that fucking garbage we were throwing and somebody saw us. And that's good to know. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just saying, uh, fish folk, we're all on our 12th reason up here. So <laughs> you might re- you might get not as much resistance as you might nah, expect. Nah, I'm saying. nah, we got nah, dude. You ain't even listen, you can you don't even have to put me in cuffs to throw me in the back of a squad car at this point. Like just let me know what's going on. Like you guys are here to do what? To fix whatever. It's fine. If you support black lives, then please, you don't even have to put me in the squad card. Just tell me where to sign. Do you my social security number and a copy of my ID? Like, let me know. Where do I report? I will sell out humanity in a heartbeat. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I just just don't have to deal anymore. Like, bro, that's the thing. Like, I'm just like, we don't see that enough in, like, anything where someone because everyone sells out humanity so that they can survive. But what if you sell out humanity just because you just want, like, a new corrupt force like or you just guarantee it's like are you just gonna end me can you do that (laughs) (laughs) can you end my cursed existence oh that'd be so dark that's that's so dark i don't want to do any of the things like i swear to god just you can't even (laughs) we did it we did it you're good you're so good at this And no, we did. We definitely did not have breakdowns because phones kept ringing and cats kept on going in their fucking crinkle tunnel. They will never yeah. know. So yes, due to the miracle of um, modern technology, no one will know the <laughs> scores of it, hordes of interruptions <laughs> for an hour and a half long podcast. Scores of interruptions. Yeah. So if anything, <laughs> just yes, that's it. Yes. So thank you for spending a little more time with me and I will see you next Tuesday.